I think it's time to hang it up on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Pushback, and I'm Dr. Johnny, and I'm sorry that I'm a couple days late on this podcast uh, because my family and I have been uh, sitting on a beach in just south of Cancun, Mexico. I know you're feeling really sorry for me right now. Um, I have a little bit of a tan that you might be able to see on YouTube, um, and it felt really good to get away and do that. I learned two things when uh, I was on this trip with my family. Number one is it feels good to refresh and have time uh, enjoying one another as as a family, also just getting away and sort of recharging your batteries. Uh, It felt really nice to do that. However, I learned that you can't be on vacation forever. And it's interesting, and maybe this is just the way I'm wired, but by about day five or six, um, I start to get a little squirrely and I, I start to think about the things I need to do and not just bills and taking care of the house and uh, things that are the everyday things, but the things for the kingdom. We weren't created to be on vacation. (laughs) We were created to get his work done. It doesn't mean that we don't have fun and it doesn't mean that we don't cherish those times of re-energization that we all need that I certainly needed it and my family needed it as well. So it was a great vacation. We had a wonderful time. It was about 82 and sunny every day. So it was, it was lovely. Uh, but there's work to do for his kingdom. And, and he does give us these moments of respite where we can um, recharge and re-energize and find those places where our soul gets strengthened so that we can once again position ourselves towards this world that need us so desperately. So um, I'm putting uh, the, the work clothes back on and I'm leaning into this podcast and all the other things that the Lord is calling us to because that's how we are hardwired and created to be. The second thing I learned, uh, and, it, and it blows my mind sometimes, is that we're in the middle of paradise. And everyone, most notably, I would say the young people, even down to the age of four or five, are looking down at their phones. Our culture has certainly changed over the last 20 years where we can even be in the middle of paradise, uh, the most beautiful day, the most beautiful place, and yet heads are down focusing on this electrical box in their hand. And there's a sadness to it. And There was even a time when we were on the bus going on an excursion, we were seeing some of the ancient ruins, the ancient Mayan ruins that are in the area, um, that we had to kind of refocus our children to look out the window and and see something that they may never see again. Mexico, the beauty of it, uh, some of the downtown area, just seeing the culture that was surrounding us because they were also tempted to be looking down at their phone and, and they're not the only ones and I'm not picking on them specifically. It's just, there's times that we need to refocus and, and, and see what's around us. It's so important. 
And so these these phones, these um, cell phones, smartphones, as the airplanes would say, your handheld devices, um, they have consumed our culture. And I, I was I've been focusing on the word pastime, which is interesting because there's a lot of things that we do as a pastime. And I'm thinking that could be one of the most dangerous countercultural words that we can connect to because we're not here to pass time. We are here to maximize our time. The older you get, the more, the more time becomes a very precious commodity. And we can't in our minds comprehend eternity. We're going to have all eternity with Jesus to enjoy him and his culture, but we are here for a purpose and I don't want to pass my time. That's not why I'm here. And this, this electrical box in our hand, this handheld device seems to be consuming our time that we're not even seeing what's going around to us. And we're looking for just things to get done. Now it's different when you're stuck on an airplane. I get that, but it's different when you're on a bus going through Mexico or sitting by the beach or the pool or enjoying one another or at the dining room table or these moments that are precious time here on this earth. We cannot be consumed by this thing being held in our hand. Now, as you know, the series that I'm doing all year is talking about how culture is killing our kids. And and so I'm going to focus on that today because, yeah, we can pass time and we can um, be unfocused and we can uh, fritter away our opportunities, but that doesn't kill us. But I'm making the point today that I believe that these devices in our children's hands are actually killing them. I'm using very strong language this year because we need to get the attention of parents. And that's what I'm focusing on in this first quarter of this year. Our, our parents can do the most good. The, the ones that, that, that are responsible for the ones that we call our children. And the crazy thing is, is, you know, we've talked about, I've talked about the dangers of cell phone usage, the content that they're looking at. Um, uh, you can go back and listen to some of my other podcasts that I've had. I've had several, but I want to focus on what's killing our children. I talked about sacred spaces and putting the phone down and the things that they might be looking at, but I want to just talk about the data of the phone itself. This notion of putting it into our children's hands for them to hold and to consume them and their time and their attention is actually harming them. And if we are knowingly doing that, then we need to examine ourselves as parents and and make a, a cultural change within our homes regarding our phones. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk in very severe language because I need to get your attention about this because we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Our children are dying. They're dying emotionally. They're dying with morality. They're dying of purpose. And they are physically dying. Stress, anxiety, suicide. We're at pandemic proportions with our children, with addiction, why? Is because there's some things that are happening in our society that I believe that we can actually change, that we actually have impact in. And if we're not the ones who are going to do it and to make a difference, then who will? The phone companies? No. The advertising companies? Absolutely not. The politicians? Doesn't seem to be, have any interest. 
It's going to have to be us. So here is this thing, this box that people hold, that our children hold. It's highly addictive. It's destructive. It's detrimental. It's a detrimental tool. And yet we put it into the hands of our children. And so this podcast is a call for courageous, powerful, countercultural parenting. Can we have enough courage to actually do it? The time they spend on their phones is actually killing them. I can't be any clearer. So let me give you the data. The average American spends five hours and 24 minutes on their mobile device each day. On average, Americans check their phones at least 96 times per day or once every 10 minutes. As of 2022, there are roughly 6.65 billion smartphone users across the world. Okay, so the phone itself is actually addictive. There's something called dopamine that we have in our brain. Talked about dopamine a few times in previous podcasts. And there's a similarity between behavioral addiction and cell phone usage. (laughs) It's a triggering of a chemical in in the brain that actually enforces compulsive behavior, reinforces compulsive behavior. Your brain contains pathways that transmit a feel-good chemical called dopamine when you're in a rewarding situation. For many people, social interaction stimulates the release of dopamine, and it should. That's the way he designed us to be when we interact with people. The problem is, is that this box itself is, is, is that place of, of, of reaching for something even chemically in our brain. Because so many people use their phones as tools of social interaction, they become accustomed to constantly checking them for that hit of dopamine. It's released when they connect with others on social media or some other app. App programmers are counting on that drive to keep you checking your phone. So some apps even withhold and release social reinforcements such as likes and comments so that we receive them in an unpredictable pattern. And when we can't predict the pattern, we check our phones more often. That cycle can lead to a tipping point when your phone ceases to be something you enjoy and becomes something you're virtually compelled to to use. So that even in itself is ominous. That doesn't necessarily kill you, but it's ominous when something draws you in. I heard that the boop boop part of your phone when it beeps when you have a message is one of the most compelling driving sounds in human existence. We can't stop ourselves from reaching, grabbing, and looking. The phone has such a strong Pavlovian response in our brain that we want that hit of dopamine that we will stop everything that we're doing, any conversation that we're having, any situation that we're in to go and check that beep. So that's ominous, not necessarily life-threatening. The Bible warns us about losing concentration and being easily distracted. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look at the things which are seen, Um, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, pure, lovely, good repute, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And yet we spend five and a half hours dwelling on other things. Things. Romans 8, 5, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, 
the things of the Spirit. We are designed to connect to the Spirit of God and have our focus and our attention to be immersed and baptized in his presence, and we owe him our attention. And yet we have these boxes in our hands that are steering us away from even the beauty of Cancun, Mexico. Can't take our eyes off of it because we are so hooked and addicted to it. There's no doubt that smartphone use has become pervasive in our society. Pew Research Center poll says 95% of teens reported having access to a smartphone. Okay, so now we have the problem. 95% of parents give their children a smartphone. They put it in their hand, whether knowingly or unknowingly, a destructive, painful, hurtful force into their hands. Some 45% of teens reported using the internet, quote, almost constantly, end quote, 45%. A number that has doubled compared to a 2014-2015 survey. While another 44% said they go online multiple times per day. Even teenagers, the prototypical early adopters of any new technology, have mixed feelings about the impact of social media has had on their lives. One in four teens thought that social media has been mostly negative, with half thinking the effects have been mixed. Okay, so doing the math, that's three-fourths of even teenagers feel that at best, cell phones are mixed. Maybe some good, but also some things that are very painful. That's a problem. That's a problem. Researchers found in a cohort of 6,500 U.S. adolescents, those who use social media more than three hours a day were at an increased risk for developing mental health problems. And here is where the hammer hits the nail. This is it, my friends. So more than three hours per day. Do you remember what I just read? Five and a half hours is average. That means many teens spend much more time some a little bit less, but it's averaging out at five. If we're talking about three hours a day shows an increased risk for developing mental health problems, that's everybody. I get frustrated in these podcasts sometimes because it's it's knock, knock, pudding head. I mean, what we get frustrated because we're like, I don't understand why there is so much mental health problems in our adolescence. And I'm giving you podcast after podcast, giving you evidence for why that is probably the case. And I am saying that if your kids spend three hours, which is way below average, they're at risk for mental health problems. The risk was principally seen for internalizing problems such as feeling lonely, sad, depressed, or anxious and behavioral difficulties. Why are we surprised? Researchers also found that teens who use social media multiple times per day were more likely to report psychological distress, less life satisfaction, less happiness, and more anxiety than those who used it only weekly or less often. Okay, so this is data, my friends. This is, this is scientific research. This was, a, this was analysis done on 12,000 teenagers showed that if their children used their phone once a week or less often, they were 
way more or less likely to have mental health problems. That's called a boundary. That's a call for courageous countercultural parenting, saying you have this box in your hand, but I am limiting the use and the function of this in your life so that you will not be addicted and consumed by it. Because if you are, it could kill you. I'm trying to use straightforward language to help you as parents. This is a dangerous, dangerous proposition these phones. Let me read you this paragraph. Ultimately, technology is neither good nor bad. How we use it determines what impact it has in our lives. There are many advantages to this digital age, but allowing young people unfettered access to the sometimes toxic environment of social media seems to be harming them psychologically, you think? We can't police the internet, and sadly, many hateful people will use the internet to say many hateful things. But there is something we can do. We can put our phones down. <laughs> Go outside and share a memory with someone. <laughs> Anything but stare at your phone while you're in Cancun, Mexico. Anything but that. It's unfettered access. We as parents are responsible for the fetter. It's a boundary. It's a privilege. It's not a right. And we would never, I would think that we would never purposely put something harmful in a child's hand and say, go ahead and just do whatever you want. Here's a sharp knife. Go outside and play. We wouldn't do that. And yet we are, yet 95% of parents do that. Now, I'm not trying to be critical or shameful to anyone. It's just that we're learning. We're learning the effects of this over time. And, and it's my responsibility in this podcast is to report those effects to you. And I'm telling you that it's killing our children. And so the boundaries need to be tight. I've shared with you before some of the harmful effects um, of, of using you know, excessive phone use like tendonitis and sleep loss and uh, distraction and, and worse driving and all of those things. But those things, other than the driving issue, probably doesn't always kill our kids. Hey, that's a great point, by the way. Texting and driving and those kind of things have been killing our children as well. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm talking about the emotional problems that we see as a pandemic in our society. Not surprisingly, studies have proven that teens who spend too much time on their cell phones are more prone to stress, anxiety, and depression. Relying on texting as a primary mode of communication can increase anxiety in teens. So listen to this. Texting is instantly gratifying, but it also produces anxiety. The instant reply by a friend can bring joy and elation, but in case of a delayed response or no response, the same pleasure can turn into disappointment. This is just somebody not responding to your text is having an effect. Also, cell phone addiction can turn into an obsession to check messages and reply immediately. It may also increase anxiety by creating an illusion that they have received a message even when there was no message, making them frequently check their phones. My friends, depression and anxiety leads to debilitating mental health problems. Cyberbullying, I don't even have time to even go into that. Cyberbullying happens and leads to extreme emotional and mental stress as well as suicide. 
There's something called false prestige. The latest development in cell phones has made it easier for teenagers to access any information. Most of the things projected on social media and the internet may not be accurate, but teenagers who are naive might take them seriously or get influence. This may lead them into a fantasy world or develop false prestige. Some may also resort to crime to fulfill their fantasies or pornography. Are you telling me that pornography doesn't kill? These are the, these are the results of, of connecting to something that is dangerous. My friends, hopefully I'm convincing you that this is dangerous. It's critical that we as parents realize what is happening and we put tight, 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 tight boundaries around it. In fact, I would say it's time to hang it up. It's not working. When we, when we try something and it doesn't work or it's detrimental and it's hurtful, we change it. We do something else. We protect our children. We wouldn't let our children drive a car any way they want to or go anywhere they want to. We don't do that. And yet we hand them this phone and let them navigate that unfettered. It blows my mind. And if you're listening to this podcast or you have concerns about kids who are listening or, or, or are addicted to their phones or, or, or being bullied or, or, or extreme stress and anxiety, have them listen to this podcast, listen to the facts and the data, because we have to realize that it's not working. What we are doing right now as a society isn't working and it's killing our kids. And this is a, 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 this is a component, a super important component. I saw it for a week sitting by a pool. It was consuming people. And children, down to three to four years of age, they couldn't go swimming. They couldn't play games with their parents. They had this phone or video in front of them the whole time. So tight, tight, tight boundaries. Flip phones are becoming more popular. See, there's a place of safety. There's a we have our children drive with the phone. There's a safety component to that. There, is tool, there are tools like GPS and weather and the things that we can check on the phones. They're very handy. I get it. There's, there's a component to that. But we don't have to allow them unfettered access to the internet, which hurts them and harms them. Flip phones are becoming more popular. It provides the safety without the access. Having tools loaded onto your internet such as covenant eyes are the ones is the ones that we use but there's a much many different companies allows for oversight on what your children are doing because they are that important it's that important we have to realize that the things that we allow and do over our children matter. And we are the ones that lay down boundaries. You can just hear my previous podcast on why boundaries are so important. And we are the ones as parents that implement those lovingly around our children. And it's so important to my heart that I'm not just being a fear monger. I, that's not the point of this podcast. But, but we have to have our eyes open to what we are doing so that we can make right decisions. A sound mind is what the Bible says that we should have, which is an informed mind. And so I'm informing you that it's dangerous every time your child holds one of these in their hand. It's dangerous. And we are implicit when we hand it to them unfettered. 
So parents, let's rise up. Let's be strong. Let's be courageous. Let's do courageous countercultural things because that's what it means to push back. Will you stand with me in this? I hope I gave you some facts and some data that you can share with your children and others. We need to start having this conversation as parents with each other and with our children. It's critically important. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to go to gofam.org. It's gofam.org. Also go to pushbackculture.org to leave me a message, a question or concern about this topic, previous topics, or something that you would like to hear in the future. I would love to connect with you and respond to you in that. Thanks for listening again this week. Now, let's go together to set and shape the culture.